Welcome to The Process with Mitch Tasker and Josh Shoebridge. This week we review an article titled Five Roles of a Father You Must Learn and Do Well. Good afternoon, good week, good morning, good day. You are here with us on The Process Podcast on uh, wherever you're listening to us, on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, everywhere at the moment, which is great. We've been uh, leading the way uh, for very weird and wonderful podcasts about being a better person, uh, which I think is all well and good, I I believe. Mitchell, how are you today? Good, thanks, Josh. Got a bit going on today. It's my wife's birthday, so I've been sort of trying to treat her as best I can, and not that that's any different than all. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's about her today. That's the way, that, and, that, so and that's like, how it should be. I'm lucky, to, I'm lucky to get a leave pass actually to get get on and do this podcast. Well, she's one that she's quite a supportive person from from my experiences with her, well, that being her brother-in-law. But like as as your as your wife, I'm I'm assuming you experience the same sort of thing with her. Did you say sporting or supporting? Supportive, supportive. <laughs> supportive. Yeah, mate. She's 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 my right. She's my right. Uh, she's my. I don't even know. I wouldn't call her a right hand man. She's. Um, <laughs> she's yeah. Everything. That's we'll it. We'll just go. We'll just leave it at that. So uh, you can follow us on uh, Instagram on process. Oh, sorry, the process FM. Uh, Mitch, have we had any anyone slide in DMs yet? Might have been inundated, actually. No, I haven't had one. <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting there. We're getting there. We're, as I said to you the other day, we were in on uh, Spotify. We were in the top 150 for um, what were they? What they call self help uh, podcast, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool. So uh, I know we're, we're on a bit of a time schedule today because you, you've only got to leave past for about half an hour. So we're going to jump right yeah. into the episode. Now, today, uh, I I was actually originally going to be running this solo. So I found this uh, uh, article that talked about the five roles of a father that you must learn and do well. And I was going to go through it and actually talk about what they were. Um but it's, I'm actually glad I've got someone to sort of bounce off with, with on this one today, which is great. Um, so the first one that's on the list, and I'll put a link to the to this article. It's actually a really good article. But the first one is called The Motivator. Uh, as a dad, you are at times a helper, a coach, and a friend. But one of your jobs is to motivate your children towards daily productivity and healthy growth. What do you think about that one, Mitchell? Um, are we talking about like influencing our children to be to grow? To grow, to be successful. Um, it's like to motivate them. I'm, I'm assuming instead of just being that layback sort of dad. It's I like think, yeah, um, okay, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's very hard to articulate uh, growth as a human in all aspects to a child of you know whatever age until they sort of. I mean, you could even talk to some young adults about that those aspects of life, and they're not even remotely close to thinking that way. Um, so, trying to trying to articulate it to a child, I think it, the the smaller you make it, and the the, the more achievable the goals are uh, for your kids, the the better the outcome will generally be. Um, yeah. And I know that you know it's the old saying: you get you get a lot more bees with honey than you do with vinegar. Which, um, Oh, sorry, you get a lot more bees with sugar than you do, or whatever the saying is. Yeah, you get my point. It's 
it's I think if you if you set it's not necessarily about setting the bar massively high, but if you allow your children to have these small wins, um, that that promotes their their thought process more than anything in whatever it might be. Yeah, um, no, you know. well, it's like with Alex the other day, and and it's a, I I don't know if this is a good parenting moment or not. I haven't decided yet, but like he's been having issues with his room and like. And uh, getting him to clean his room is just a pain in the ass. It's it's uh, it's one of my biggest bugbears with him, to be honest. But he yeah. got given a shirt not long ago that had Minecraft Dungeons on it, and I I made the offhand comment, "Oh yeah, I've got that game on the Switch." And he's like, "You do? Can I play it? Uh-huh. Clean your room. It's got to be spotless. You got to vacuum. You got to do everything. Like I'm not letting you off easy. You've got to do everything." And it took a bit of time, but he ended up doing it. It's like, sweet, you can play the video game for it. And I'm like, there you go. but in my mind, I'm like, do I really want to use video games as a bit of a bribe yeah. or, or should I be looking at other ways to, to sort of encourage that sort of growth in doing his I chores? Think, I think that this is something that I, I've battled with mentally as well. Um, being quite an outdoorsy sort of person, um, you know, like I wouldn't say polar opposite to you, but you're much more um, technical. You know, you, you love your technology more than I do kind of thing. Yeah, and I'm happy to just, get inside. Just, just a caveat on that. I'm not a, a video gamer. I probably play within like two weeks, probably get 20 minutes, if that, a video game. Yeah. yeah. I, I like 20 ten- minutes. Yeah. 20 minutes more than me. Yeah. But what I'm saying is... is like that, my kids obviously love love the love the screens as well, yeah. and so I'm I know that that's what they want to do before a lot of other things. So I'm okay with if they've done what they need to do and everything, all the eyes are dotted and the T's are crossed in what they've had to achieve that they have their screen time, hmm. um, because. They've, they've essentially done what we've asked and they're then going and doing what they're going to do. Technology is a part of our life these days. There's no two ways about it. Yeah. I think trying to sort of, um, I suppose it's like, you know, um, it's like it's like telling kids not to swear. If if they know the lang- if they know that the words can be said and what they mean. Sometimes I think it might be better for them to actually understand what the words are and not not put any sort of um, emotion around the actual words. Like they're just a word; it's just a thing. Yeah, no, no, um, I agree with you. Part, I agree. It's just a part of the life, and and you know, trying to stop kids from being on screens. Well, you know, we're all on screens all the time. You know, so it's I think it's a little bit rough to say to your kid. No, nah, you can't have screens, especially if you've asked them to do some chores or, or achieve something, and that's what that's what they chose as mm. their reward to sort of say, nah, that's not what you can do." When they might not be doing anything bad, you might be able to put some parameters about what they do on the screen. Um, but but y- I think if they achieve their goal, they've got this. They've got to have some incentive to do and achieve something. Yeah. And and what you you mentioned, this one little sentence that you just said that like sort of clicked in my head was like, 
the reward that they chose. And if you think about it, when we, us as adults, we're working towards a reward of so, of some kind, like success is a reward in a way, yeah. and we we want to sort of choose what that reward is, it, be it mm. monetary, family, political, whatever. Uh, but yes, like it, it's adding that bit of uh, responsibility to choose a good reward because then you you have those instances where you've got a, a kid who will go, yeah, I want to have some screen time, or a kid who wants a lolly, and the lolly lasts yeah. for about ten seconds or a screen time, yeah. fifteen twenty minutes. So yeah. it's again, uh, I, I know those those sort of rewards are arbitrary, but it is a learning and, and teaching moment if mm. if and when it comes up. Yeah, I think if you celebrate it in the right way. Um, the what they're actually doing is not. It's more about the celebration with the with the parent and the child. Mm. Um, you know, having that just that brief moment of going, yes, you achieved something, and now you've got your free time, and and what you choose to do, and that's up to up, up to the child. Yeah. Um, you can't you can't blame the the child for the way society and life is at the moment. It's it's not their fault. You no, know, you've, you've got to help them navigate it yeah exactly and understand what you know understand what they get you know what they're actually doing um you know like when we like when we were kids we didn't have screens so it wasn't mm. it wasn't even in our thing we just you know we'd like gun riding our bike or got you know go to the beach or whatever it might be um we'll go you know go outside like and, and play yeah um that it's so it's just different now so you can't like i said you can't blame the kid for choosing a screen no everything's it's it's way too different and 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 i think that's like for us like when we were growing up like it would have been different for for our parents and it would have been different for their parents and like all these things and it's a very generational thing all the different problems Mm. and issues that come up but it's the basic fundamentals of parenting of being and again being adaptive which is something humans are really good at doing but we'll yeah. go to the next one. Next one's a really interesting one, and I'm actually really fascinated to hear what your thoughts on this one. Number two is the enforcer, and it sounds such a harsh word, but I'll read this out a little bit. It's really interesting because fatherlessness is a great concern in our society today. Sorry, in our society today, and one of the great disadvantages many kids in fatherless homes face is the lacking of male presence and leadership. Uh, a huge part of having a father in the home is having an enforcer in the home. Like it or not, kids naturally respond differently to male leadership, especially in the family. A dad being the main enforcer of family rules and boundaries at the home also makes the mother's job so much more easier. That's what they said. What do you think? I've got a couple of issues. Um, firstly, I hate that terminology of the mother's job. Yeah. Um, I think this... Um, this day and age, it's very. Um, I think that that playing field is very level. I know it, it, it is extremely level in our in my family. Um, you know, both Hannah and I are. You know, the, we both work a lot, yes. and you know, and so we we've got a we. Um, there's, there's no set tasks as far as do I do the cooking? Does she do the cooking? Do I do the cleaning? Does she do the cleaning? Do I make the kids' lunches? Does she? It's just we just do whatever needs doing respectively at that yes. point in time. And that it goes into what I said prior to that about being an adaptive parent because yeah. we're, we're, we're in a society today where things are like, yeah, <laughs> you need to adapt. 
yeah. the point that it makes, though, for me, when it says a father the same, I, I do believe, and it's got nothing to do with gender roles, but having both parents in the home or both, pre- not necessarily in the home, but present at the time. So having an, a, a father who is approachable or a mother who is approachable is key. I think that- Yeah, yeah. definitely. So it's got nothing to yeah. do with, with the gender roles within the home. It's got to do with the accessibility of both parents. Yeah. Yeah, I think- um I mean, discipline in our household comes from both both sides um, equally, I would say. So it's not, um, yeah, I just, I think, it, it, you know, generally speaking, a mother is more nurturing than a father. Like just, that's mm. just the way. But that's the nature um, of the beast, isn't it? Exactly. That, yeah, that's the way it rolls. So I'm sure that love from on, on a deep level from the child comes through differently. Um, admit that that feeling is probably still there, probably more from nature rather than nurture. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, um, yeah, I, every every family is going to have a different different sort of perspective on that. And I don't think there's one hard and fast rule. I think that adaptive parenting um, yeah. and parenting roles. And I, I uh, think like I'm oh, speaking for myself as well. Like there's been times where I've handed down a punishment or, or, or any form of discipline, and then and my, I've gotten that look from my wife of like, why are you going that way? But at the same time, there's been times where that role's been reversed, where yeah. I'm like, oh, that's a bit harsh. Why would you do that sort of thing? Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. And so, like for yourself, do you have a system in the home when something like that happens where you just go all right, like pull each other aside and have a chat about it and then sort of move on or do you like do a timeout sort of thing like what how would you deal with an you're issue you're talking like about that? with between the wife and the and the husband or yeah, yeah that's it yeah um i think we we might have a discussion if um yeah yeah yeah, a brief discussion, sort of as it's just after it's happened or something like that. Yeah. Um, about you know maybe there was two sides to that story, and that the parent, one parent, didn't see the the whole the whole truth to this thing. And I think that's mm. where it more comes for us is that you know I might see one one issue from one side, and Hannah will see it from a different light. And again, that's just two people looking at that the same thing and, and everything is in the yeah. world is subjective, you know, so it's just just a, a marginal difference of opinion. But but, you know, at the end of but the day, you have had the discussion though. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. But that's that's key keeping communication lines open and being man enough or woman enough to go, yeah, all right. No, you're right there, Good. let's change this up yeah. a bit. Yeah, exactly. And that's where, where I think, like, the humility in parenting needs to be a part of it. Like, uh, I think there's a lot of times where I've been able to have a teaching moment where I've stuffed up with my kids and I've gone, you know what, I'm sorry. I made the mistake here. And I've had the chat with the child so they can go, oh, wow, my dad is not, like, my dad's approachable. My dad is learning too. And I think that's important as well for kids to see that sort of step as well. Like, I think from, this actually draws on a, an experience I had in my early 20s where I had this picture of this sort of person built up in my head. Uh, I was, it was actually when I was on my mission and I thought, oh, missionaries are perfect people, la, da, 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 da. Day one on the mission field, that entire view of a missionary just went out the window yeah. and 
but then more respect was grown from that because you could say, oh, these are people are learning, these are people are struggling. And I think kids see if kids see that in an honest light and they see the father learning and improving, I think that creates more respect. Um, that's what I've noticed at least. Yeah. I mean, any time there's a, a, um, a, a breakdown or a, or a tantrum or someone's done something wrong, I think that the delivery of the communication is, is probably the most important thing. Mm. Um, you know, you can still, you can still be really angry, but deliver it in a way that, um, is meaningful and gets to the point rather than sometimes if you're too aggressive or you're too on the, you know, the opposite end, it can be taken completely the wrong way, but you can, you know, again, that's a, that's a learning thing. It's very hard to, to sort of give you a hard and fast rule. This is what you should do or what you shouldn't do. You're going to have to learn within yourself and the child as well and how they best um, react and, and, um, you know, steer, steer or navigate through the the issue that they've, they've come across. No, no, you're, you're incredibly correct there. And I think that it leads right into the next uh, point that they've got on here, the third point, the encourager. Every child loves positive fatherly encouragement uh, because children are born with a desire for their father's approval and their attention. One of the best ways to encourage them is to be their biggest cheerleader and their greatest fan, Give, giving them regular compliments and positive reinforcement in the areas of their strengths can go a long way. What do you reckon about that one? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the statement says it all, right? Like it's, I think the, um, Again, the child, you get more you get more from praise than you do from um, being negative. So yeah. I think you can, you know, when there's a negative situation comes up, making it a learning experience as opposed to a disciplinary experience can, you know, is is more often than not the way to go. Um, yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I, I, I think it's like I think it's like a, like like children to me, um, like. <laughs> This is going to sound shit, but <laughs> like, do, like if, you, if if a dog does something wrong, mm. but and and you haven't actually caught them in the act, and they, and then you find out later that they've done something wrong, it's nearly pointless to discipline the dog because they've got no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, and children are or, or getting angry at the dog about you know if um, sometimes the dog will know right the dog you you know the dog says something wrong. And you walk into the room, and the dog looks at you, and you look at the dog, and the dog knows. Yeah, and, dog I, might... and, and just saying on this, it is so weird that you start talking about a dog, and my dog starts going off a nut. But yeah, <laughs> but I think um, children, children as well, are similar in the fact that if that the emotion or the feeling that they had to do what they did might be fleeting and gone, and they. You know, they've moved on, so therefore it might be harder for them to sort of feel what you're feeling because you can put it into context as far as the grand scheme, whereas they're just like living moment to moment and they've moved on in their head. And so, it, I mean, it's it's not the same, but, it, but it, I think if you, if, if you can deal with something that's gone wrong as soon as possible and as, as close to the event, then then you can then turn it into a learning experience and and positive and, and, you know, frame it in a positive word that, you know, maybe 
this is the way we should attack this problem in the future. Yes. No, I agree with that. And and rather than get cranky at them, just say, you know, what did you learn from doing that? Or, you know, do you think that that was the right thing to do? Ask them the questions. You know, that's generally when I get the best results with my kids is, is I sort of put it back on them and I ask, you know, to, like what was, you know, maybe what was your thought process is probably a little bit complicated for them to try and answer, but it's just saying, you know, um, you know, why did you come to that conclusion that that's what you should have done there and then get their point of view. And, and they sometimes will give you a point of view and you're like, oh, I didn't really think about it like that and I can understand why you did what you did. Mm. And Let's see in the future do it like this. So, yeah, for me, uh, one of the things I've noticed is not particularly a behavioural thing, but it's more of a skill set sort of thing. Uh, so Gabriel, for argument's sake, is uh, he's not as confident on his push bike as Alex. And there's a little spot going down uh, the bike track. It's a bit of a downhill. And if I watch him go down, I'm like, I I can't help but show that yeah, panic like you don't know how, you don't know how to use your brakes and the minute that panic comes out he sees it and then he mm. immediately i can't do this i can't do this and then it's goes straight yeah. down whereas if i'm not there and i'm not making that oh no he's gonna hurt himself sort of thing yeah. he'll, he'll do it so yeah. I, that's where i think there, there's a lot of a lot in this in about encouraging and, and it's you know, being their biggest cheerleader is such a big thing, especially when they make those little wins at school or little wins at team trainings or team yeah. games that they're playing. I think it's fantastic. I, I think I think kids kids act up for their parents a lot more than they do, you know, in our case, our uncle uncle and aunties, yeah. you know, and um and other fa- you know other friends and family. You know, sometimes getting that child with another person to learn something that might be technically difficult. Um, is a lot is a much better way to to learn the skill because it doesn't there's not that oh, I don't know whether it's a, a pressure or or whatever it is on the on the on the child and then the parent not acting in the same way as an uncle or an auntie or yeah a friend. yeah I, I think that goes again with like the that sort of subconscious thing that kids do they do different things with their dad different things with their mum and that sort of thing mm. and again I, I also think they don't have that same sort of stress with their aunties and uncles in a way yeah, definitely in a way um i know my son doesn't uh, especially with his grandmother but that's another story for another day so the next point number four the trainer and i when i read this one this is really interesting uh, I'll read. The, I'll read the whole one. It's only a short one. It goes: There are lessons and life skills your child will never learn apart from being taught. Part of the role of fatherhood is training our children to be good at life, for, from learning how to ride a bike to knowing how to manage good relationships with the opposite sex and everything in between. Your child needs your intentional investment. Yes, it takes time and a bit of inconvenience. But it's so worth it in the long run. I think that one's such an important thing because you think about it. We want our kids to not like they learn their morals from us. They learn values from us, or what what ours are, and then they adopt them for their own, or they adopt a, a way of them for their own. Hopefully, mm. what do you think? Um, 
I think it, as a as a parent, it's you know it's always, it's a job essentially. Like you you've got mm. a role to play for that child um, in how they you know how they grow up, and you know the, the old saying the apple doesn't fall far from the tree um, is is so true. So true. And, oh, yeah. yeah. I, yeah, I, I tried my hardest not to be like my dad. I tried extremely hard to be nothing like my father. And yet there are, I'll, I'll be talking to my kids. I'm like, holy crap, that's my dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. It, it's oh, it's the same with me, mate. It's, 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 it's genetic. It's, um, yeah, it's genetic for sure. So, yeah, so I think I interrupted you. What were you saying? Oh, just the the, um, the kids are a product of their environment. Like the, you know, it doesn't. At the end of the day, it's deep seated. It's not. Um, it's not just a, you know, a, a shiny veneer that um, is. You know, underneath underneath whatever someone might put out there to the world. You know, deep down, they're they're very similar to what you know how what they grew up in, where they come from. Um, you know, so that therefore. It's so important as a, you know, and I'll I'll return every conversation I have about anyone, about anything that, you know, you've got to look after yourself first. You know, you've got to be a good person. You've got to be, you know, that the person you want, if you think about it, you should be the person you want your child to look up to and aspire to. Exactly. Yeah. You know, if, if you framed your whole life around that rhetoric, you, I believe, you would be more successful. You would be fitter. You would be healthier. You know, if if you just put your your thought process in and in and around how your child perceives you and what they see in you, then would you not mm. be a better person? No, and th- that goes back to something we were talking about before about like the, the sort of hypocritic sort of thing that some parents do. I, I, I remember as a, as a kid, my mum and dad smoking. And they're like, if I ever catch you doing this, I'm going to kill you. But you're like, mm. but don't you want us to emulate you in a way? Exactly. They do as I say, not as I do. Favourite saying. Yeah. And that's <laughs> like the worst sort of parenting, in my opinion. Exactly. Yeah. And, was, yeah, it's... no, I, I, I often think about that. Like, I, you know, I would, you know, I would hope... Um, that I, I um, show my kids what it is like to, you know, or how to be a good person. Yeah. Um, you know, through through to the core, and that's and that's all I would want for them to be. I don't care what they do, how they live their life, what they choose. You know, at the end of the day, if they're a good person, then then that's all I care about, and yeah. that's my job to 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 make that happen. And the best way to do that is as a as a man, I feel is to lead by example within your own life. That's it. And I think that sort of like goes back into a lot of the things that you do with your own life. Like you've got, like for you, your name means so much. You've got it on your business. You, It's on your cars. It's on your bloody uniforms at yeah. work. And yeah. your kids have your name as well. And so yeah. it's the same sort yeah. of thing. You're like, you, you can honestly go, you're a tasker, behave like one and actually mean it and have it with conviction. We actually have those conversations, um, you know, about, just using the surname as a as a as a topic, um, and it, you know, I don't believe that it doesn't matter whether you run your own business with your name on it or not. You know, that that name signifies you as a person mm. with the people that know you. You know, 
your your you know your your kids are a shoe bridge and my kids are a tasker, but that doesn't mean that, that essentially the, the morals are any different. No, it's just no. It's just this is this is how shoe bridges act. This is how taskers act. You know, we in you know we we do this and we we look up. You know, we do this in this situation or whatever. You know, um, that, and that's up to the individual on how they want to live their life. Um, but I can't. You know, the more I think about it, about you know, being, you know, be the person you would want your son or daughter to become. Exactly. Exactly. And that, and, 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 and that, like, period, that's it, you know, end of conversation. Like, it's, it's, that's, that's how you should parent. That's it. That's it. It's like a, a line in the the movie The Patriot, like, when the, when the good guy gets the bad guy and he's like, yeah, my sons were better men. Like, why can't you all be good men? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, the last one for the day, number five, the counsellor. Uh, kids struggle too. Uh, sometimes as adults, it is easy forget, to forget about this, that they also have problems. Uh, do you remember how small things were... Oh, the grammar in this is awful, sorry. <laughs> do you remember how small <laughs> things were big things as kids? Uh, uh, children don't naturally know how to navigate the issues of life that are thrown at them. That is because they are kids. Uh, they are adults in training. Uh, they regularly need direction, answers, and advice. Dad, strive to be your children's chief counsellor. They go to for advice because they will get it from somewhere, so why not from you? What do you reckon about that one? Uh, I think, again, you know, like... Sometimes as a father, saying less can sometimes mean more. Um, you know, I think um, mothers, uh, you know, again, I'll say a little bit more nurturing in the way they deliver things. Yeah. Um, being, um, I think the way you articulate things and, and tone of voice can often mean more than actually what you say yep. with, with a child. Um, so body language and actions and um you know, tone of yeah, tone of voice. I think are very important as far as trying to get a a learning experience to that child across. You know, if you're going all guns blazing and aggressive and whatever, and they're just they'll you know cry and carry on, and um, they're not going to take anything in after that point. No, you try doing it with a teenager. Yeah, exactly. Near just, impossible. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so it's yeah, deliver yeah, delivery is everything, and I think you know. The way you approach a situation, sometimes you know, it's very hard as a male to not react. You need to sort of um, assess the situation and react in the appropriate way. Um, well, see, I, I'm I'm very much one. I'm a very reactive. Like, here's the issue. Okay, I'm going to react to try and solve the issue. Yeah, not necessarily the best thing sometimes. And it's hard to admit. No, no, that's right. There's, time, there's times, yeah. but there is, you know, most of the time it's not. It's like you only need to, you know, sit on it for a minute or two, get your get your own emotions in check, and then and then react accordingly. And like I said, that's hard to do sometimes. But, um, yeah, that's why no, <laughs> getting your emotions in check, it is, that is so true because, like, facts don't care about our feelings. Events don't care about our feelings. Nope. We've got to set them aside and go. All right, let's fix this up. And because like, it, 
being a step parent of a teenage daughter is really difficult. Like this morning, mm. I like there, there's days where it's fine, that's great, like we, we we get on well, and then there's days like today where all right, we're getting ready for church. Um, she comes wearing us clothes that you wouldn't even wear to the beach, sort of thing. I'm like, no, can you go get change, please? Like, first thing that came from her mother. I backed my her, my wife up as a husband does, and then because I've opened my mouth, <laughs> bang! Yeah. It's all my fault. Tell him to shut up. Da 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 da. Normally, I would have reacted and gotten, and the, the, then that's when the problem escalates, and then it's bad. Uh, kept my mouth shut and just ignored it, um, and just allowed. Uh, certain things to take their course. And then later on in the day, I know I'll be able to have a chat with her. Not right now. She's still in that mood, but later on I'll be able to sit down and, you know what? That was really crap. Why would you talk like that? You know, if you didn't like, and having an actual rational conversation with a rational human being at some point. Yeah. Having, I, that's hard for me to have any input on that. I don't uh, envy that situation at all. Give it ten and years, mate. I you. don't. I don't <laughs> know that there's a, way, there's a good way to approach it. No. Um, I think the only, from you. I think no. the only way that that can be rectified is is from her mother. Yes. And and then then I would take. Nothing, you know, I would be very surprised if she hadn't takes on what her mother says. No, and that's where, again, we what we're talking about, there's not, like, the taskers have their set, the shoebridge have their set, but they're not necessarily different. And we're lucky yeah. enough to have such a tight-knit sort of auntie and uncle sort of thing with their, all of our kids, yeah. where advice yeah. can come from all different angles, all different sort of perspectives. And that's yeah. where we're very, yeah. very lucky. I think in in that situation, I think the best outcome is for an auntie to actually have that discussion because it probably even with the, with her mother, it wouldn't come wouldn't go easily. No, no, you know, not at all. That's, that's where it would come. It'd be much more receptive on the stepdaughter's heart um, behalf when it's coming from one of the aunties for sure. Yeah, no, I totally and utterly agree with you there. That you hit the nail as, as, a, as a as a family unit. You know, that's only a question. That's just a. That's a, a phone call or a question away from happening. So it's just a matter of, you know, those lines are always open. Well, see, I even for my little kids, I have, so one of my good mates, uh, we've got this bit of a, an agreement at Christmas time where, all right, uh, if your kid acts up, I'm Santa. If your kid, act, if my kid acts up, you're Santa sort of thing. And like, oh, I'm going to have to call Santa. And so that's what happens. Um, we had to do yeah. it this time. Oh, we had to do it this year because Gabriel developed a nice little swearing habit for, I know we've talked about that before, but this is coming from a five-year-old and I have to admit, he was emulating language that was directed at him by his grandmother. Um, and so it, it got, to, so my friend said, all right, I'll be Santa, but here's what you're going to do. You're going to get a potato and you're going to wrap it up. And any time he swears, you're going to take another potato, wrap it up. And that's a present. And he's going to think he's losing presents but in reality, you're just losing a potato or two every time he swears. We didn't have to. <laughs> we didn't have to lose a potato, but it was really yeah. interesting sort of um, methodology there. And again, the one of the things I think all fathers should have. Uh, this is not on their list. This is from me. I think is an avenue where they can discuss their issues with other parents or other dads or other men. Just because I think 
as a lot of the times we we feel like we're treading water by ourselves. Yeah, definitely. And oh, yeah. yeah. There's no two ways about that. It's just it's very difficult. Parenting parenting's the hardest job in the world. We bring it up all the time. There's, there's no easy way to attack it. There's no right or you know, some or there is wrong ways. Um, but oh, finding yeah. the right way with the right individual um, is is the battle. And being and again, being adaptive. And yeah, and that and that evolves too over time, too. That changes. And you can't parent any of your kids the same. I've got two little boys. No. I can't do them the same. No, no, they're all different, mate. That's it. But anyways, thanks again for taking time out of your life to listen to us ramble on about parenting and other things. Uh, Mitch, thanks so much for taking half an hour out of your wife's birthday to yeah. uh, to chat. Uh, it was great. And, yeah, you guys can find us again on Instagram at theprocessfm uh, or you can email us at theprocess.fm at gmail.com and we're happy to have you on the show uh, again. Thank you, everyone. Have a great week. Thanks, guys. See you, Josh. See ya. You've been listening to The Process with Mitch Tasker and Josh Shoebridge. The Process is hosted on Anchor FM. Audio production by Josh Shoebridge. Music supplied by TunePocket.com. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, and all other podcast platforms. Please subscribe and leave a five-star review. Thanks again for listening.